Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. If you want to fix your own computer, Apple thinks you're not worth it and they're not going to put the effort into you. So stop buying their products. Y'all, this is the first episode of season four. Is it? Whoa. Can you nice. believe that? Whoa. Wow, four seasons. I know. So today I, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's relevant and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I've been trying to get your thoughts on it, but both of you have been ignoring me about it. Um, I'll try it. That checks out. Yeah, that checks out. Totally. So I'm sure both of you have known, you know this at this point because I've sent it to you multiple times, but Apple just released their own self-service repair portal. So you don't have to go to the Genius Bar anymore. And I'm curious what you both think. And my theory is that the Genius Bar is dead and then it's dying. But I want to know, I want to know how y'all feel about this because this is a big move for Apple. They're like relied on their genius bar for a long time to do repairs so what is it one what is it going to require of them to make sure that this is successful from a contents perspective and then two what do you think is coming down the pipe for them well do you think success counts as like the genius bar going away is that what you're suggesting like trends are moving towards self-service in all areas and automation and chatbots and that kind of stuff like that's where people are really starting to put their money. So do you think that Apple is following suit and will eventually do away with the Genius Bar? I think all things in person is going away. So first of all, did they really register selfservicerepair.com to be their, their support? Because the Apple support, support.apple.com slash repair just sends you over to this other site. And this other site is just a directory of PDFs. Like, yeah. Does anybody else... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think self-service repair is an Apple site. I think somebody just put a banner up. Well, but it's going. Like the thing is, like, support.apple is going there. Like, and they're they're endorsing oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, it literally says like in the instructions, go read your manual on your phone and figure out what you need, and then purchase it, <laughs> and then try and figure out how to fix it. I mean, is this the end of the Genius Bar? No, it's not. Um, is it their first like toe in the water of letting their customers have some autonomy in terms of, you know, managing their devices and all that kind of stuff? Maybe. I would like to kindly disagree with you that it be, that it's a blanket thing that people won't. So I know a lot of people here, I don't think it's geographical. I think it's some of it's generational that people are like, no, I'm definitely going to go deal with a person like face to face and they will go out of their way to make sure they can deal with a person. But I think Apple's also kind of in a weird spot with this whole thing because their devices legitimately aren't built to be serviced by normal human beings. So I think that like as much as there is undeniably a large portion of the population that wants to be able to fix their own stuff, you know, for whatever reason, they've also bought devices that aren't don't really lend themselves to that. So, you know, I think that's why this this whole self-service repair thing is it feels like a bit of a half measure. Like any, I mean, are they a trillion dollar company now? They are, right? Yeah, okay. Any trillion dollar company that's publishing PDFs 
to support people uh, for support is not going all the way with like they're not they're not all in on this um you know this is this is very much a half measure so i think they're they're tr- they're kind of trying to see if it's going to work or not and I, I think there's an open question there so do you think that they went halfway just to test the waters i suspect there's some um there's some financial incentive as well if they're not dealing with shipping everything themselves if you have to order something and pay for shipping yourself um if you try to do the well no yourself. but like that's not that, that's not the que- that's not the question the question is did, why didn't they make this into an actually good experience well that's what i'm saying i think they're i think they're testing the waters but it's testing the waters on multiple fronts can we reduce our costs can we have people fix their own machines um let's give it a shot so from a perspective of people who actually care about good digital experiences how would you have done it differently? You know, did Apple accomplish what they wanted to accomplish here? Because also keep in mind that Apple's view of customer experience and user experience and all those kinds of things is really not the same as every other company. Like Apple very often makes certain things harder because it it, it advances their interests. Like think about the like the integration between iPhones and Android in terms of like just text messaging. Like Apple actively makes it more difficult to send text messages to people not in their ecosystem. Um, they do the same thing with email. They have not in in such not in the, as aggressive of a way, but their their email client makes emailing outside of Apple's ecosystem, outside of like their iCloud, a pain in the butt. Like and it it screws with your with your invites and like they get their you know whatever their Apple account in there and it just messes things up, and like their so they always have this motive to kind of keep people in line, to keep people pointed in the direction that Apple wants them to go. So when you look at something like this, you think, okay, is this an intentional part of the customer journey? Like, did they really think this through and do this for a reason? Like, is there, do they believe that the people who are going to do these types of repairs are maybe going to want to struggle through consuming the information? You know, like that, I, I think that's a legitimate question. Like, did they sit down and think people who are going to do this are going to want to go a little further so that they can brag to their friends that they opened the manual and they got it done, right? Like, it's different going to someone and saying like, oh, I fixed this thing on my phone and being like, well, I went in and I opened the manual and I found the repair procedure and like blah, 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 blah. So I think it's a legitimate question to ask yourself, like, is this more complex setup a designed experience that Apple had in mind to produce a barrier that people could feel good about when they got over. Apple's whole mind trick is that they were able to sell more things in a way that made you feel exclusive. You could be a part of the majority and exclusive when you buy Apple's products. But this isn't part of the majority at all. Apple does things for, they, they, they go for the majority. Like you said, they wanted to make home computing stylish. That was their thing. Like, we want to make it a lifestyle that you can have a computer at your house and then on your lap and then on your pocket, now on your wrist. That's not this. This is way different. Right. I mean, I'm a special case because, like, I just go into work and, like, I leave it and somebody takes it and they go and they fix it for me. Um, And, like, it's the only computer I have and I don't have a personal computer. Um, But, like, I think if I was, if it was my personal computer, I don't know. Maybe I would open the manual. I guess like I've built computers in the past. That's the thing I've done. Um, Anyways, why is this about me? I don't know how I brought that up. 
the, my point in this is that people is that Apple creating an ex, creating a sense of exclusivity by putting a bar out there that people have to jump over. I think that is I think that is a legitimate possibility. I don't think you should rule that out. I don't think Apple does anything without thinking about it. But I also don't think they're going to do that just for the sake of doing it. They're only going to do that if they see that it's going to translate to dollars later on. And how does it translate to dollars? Order parts. It reduces their cost overall. I mean, think about it. They got to they got to pay for shipping if they ship all these parts to the Genius Store to the Genius Bar, and and so they're going to eat that shipping cost, and they're going to eat the man hours of somebody being at a Genius Bar. But if you order the parts from them, which is step two on their on their site that will take you to their service repair store, which you can purchase from, now you get to eat the shipping cost, and they don't have to pay somebody to man the bar. If that's right, then Ren, we've answered your question. The Genius Bar is not going away, but we still need to figure out why this is why they've gone this route, why they've started advertising this self-service. Maybe it is ex- exclusivity, but if Patrick's right about that, if, if the Genius Bar isn't about fixing your computer and it's about sales and marketing, then it's not going to leave. I think that the Genius Bar worked for a long time because we still lived in an in-person retail world up until COVID. And I think that we don't anymore. I think that this, whatever it is that this thing that they put out here is a response to that. And I think there's two different ways to look at it. I think that it is either a response that shows that they don't know exactly how they fit into this new paradigm of the new world that is not in person, that is much more digital, um, at least in this context, or it is an intentional implementation that is targeted for a very specific type of customer that is designed to provide the option, allow people to feel really good when they exercise the option, but also probably discourage people who are not in that group to just go and come into their store. So my takeaway from that then is that Apple, if you want to fix your own computer, Apple thinks you're not worth it and they're not going to put the effort into you. So stop buying their products. This is, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit on the Apple, but I'm curious as to which of you has a, an iPhone. They get, they have great music on the commercials. It just gets me. That's that's true, actually. Like I've purchased music because I heard it on an Apple commercial. And I was like, "What is that song?" And then I looked it up, and I'm like, "Buy." I have an Apple computer. Is what well, one because our company standardized on them, but they standardized on them because it's the only Unix system you can buy that isn't build your own. So if you want like an off the shelf laptop that is a Unix system, which is better for development, frankly, you have to buy an Apple computer. But in recent years, we've started we've started incorporating, like a lot of people have started buying, or a lot of people have started requesting Windows machines. Um, and we've, you know, accommodated that request for people who are going to take something apart, right? So like this is like disem- disassemble your laptop and pull this thing out and whatever. But like, yo, I've taken, I've taken laptops apart before. I've done all kinds of stuff to laptops. First of all, it's not fun. Building tower computers is one thing. Dealing with laptops is a completely different thing. It sucks. So I'll start there. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to go watch a YouTube video. Like, and I am like, I'm Mr. Textual content is faster and more efficient and like, give me something to read in 95% of cases. But like, if I am disassembling a laptop or a phone, I want to watch someone do it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with cars, with everything that you're going to take apart. There are little tricks to it. 
and watching the video will help you because somebody will be like, Hey, make sure you do this little thing that the guy, the manual doesn't tell you to do, but it's going to make your life way easier if you do it. I had to pull my motorcycle apart a couple of years ago to, I mean, it literally just replace a battery, but like you have to like, you got to get in there to replace the battery. It's older motorcycles, newer motorcycles. The battery is typically like in the trunk, which is under the seat. Mm -hmm. Older motorcycles, you have to like take all these things off to like get at the battery. And um, I just opened the manual for that. Like that was, you know, that was, it was really straightforward. I mean, it was a lot of work relative to what it should have been. Um, but like, I just opened the manual for that because at the end of the day, like, I, I guess even if you step back and you try to think about like what the strategy was here, I feel like the thing that is really missed is that the only thing that people are really going to rely on for this stuff is video and PDF cannot be further from video. Like there's nothing further from video than PDF. And you know, I'm like, okay, I see how this needs to come apart. And I pull it apart and it was a total pain. It took twice as long as I expected it to. And then I was like, there's no way this is going to go back together the way that I, we took it apart. We watch a video in a video a guy goes, Hey, make sure you push the drive shaft up and it'll lift the transmission and you can slide that plate right back into place. And it took 15 minutes to put it back together where we battled with it for like an hour and a half to try to get that plate off because we didn't do that step. And no one's going to tell you push that up. I hope it's Jared. Dress up as me. Grow a mustache and wear a hat that matches your shirt. It's every day. It's all I do. You can't see it, but I will give Jared kudos. The uh, rolled up jeans with the Birkenstocks and the the like art on the inside of the jeans. It's an impressive detail. Any last words on the Genius Bar? I went to the Genius Bar once when I was, I was, I don't know, 25 knew nothing about computers and my headphone jack had broken off in there and the guy was like yeah i think i can fix that for you let me i'll be right back and he like goes in the back and comes back out and he's like i got it i'm like awesome how did you do that and he goes oh i put some super glue on the end of a, a toothpick and i just held it there until the super glue dried and then i pulled it out and i was like dude if you would have just told me that i could have done that at home that's my only genius bar experience i didn't buy anything else either you're not apple and that's probably a good thing in this particular context. So, 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 so don't do this. Don't do this to your customers. Here's, I think, a difference between, I mean, our customers and Apple is our customer's customer does their research before they buy something. I mean, I, I would say it's probably true of, you know, okay, well, of our customers that are product companies, um, that's probably true of almost all of them, right? Nobody does any research before they buy an iPhone. They just walk into the store and they say, give me the new one. So I wonder if one of the main differences here, well, okay. So one of the, the definite differences here for, you know, from the perspective of somebody who's not trying to emulate this is that researching a product has an element of, of dealing with this type of content before you make a buying decision. And that is just not present for Apple. Like it's just, it's completely, I think one of the primary reasons is that most organizations that, you know, are going to go to the point of creating a good digital experience, their prospects leverage their knowledge content, which includes their health content and learning content, all that kind of stuff as a part of their decision to make a purchase. And that is not present for Apple. Like one of the reasons that Apple doesn't care to make this a good digital experience is that it's not part of the buying experience and it never will be.